0: Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. First off, I want to thank everybody that's been uh, helping and donating to our uh, 25 Days of Cheer. This is day three, uh, benefiting the Children's Miracle Network. Um, So I want to thank everybody that's made a donation. Uh, But today, for day three, this is a very appropriate guest to have because he just released a Christmas album. We have Ty Herndon. Herndon. How's it going today, Ty? That's
1: good. You got it right, man.
0: <laughs> I was sitting there,
1: well, because
0: I, I had like a little mucus buildup, and then I was just like, I, I stumbled over it. And I'm like, no, that's not how you say it. And then... I
1: do, too. We'll, we'll do this together, man. That's, that's good. You know, in the beginning, uh, first, when we went out to country radio, nobody could say my last name. It was Henderson and Hern- Hernandez and Henry Don. And probably people would just say, that's just, that's Ty. That's yeah. Ty with the own.
0: Uh, you, well, you know, it, it's one of those things where I do podcasts with people from all over the world. And the one thing, if I can do anything, I want to make sure I get their name right.
1: Sure. You absolutely.
0: know, it—if it, like if I get anything.
1: People, product I, and places.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, and like being somebody that has a very hard name to pronounce if you're not Polish, you, uh, you know, I understand the... The plight of getting your name mispronounced. Like, I get quiat, quate, you know, all that stuff. And it's like.
1: I was, I was looking at it, I wasn't going to try. I knew, I'd, I knew I'd mess it up. That's
0: <laughs> no, all good. It, it's. How is it? Is it? Uh, it's pronounced quiet, like be quiet. That's cool. So. Yeah. yeah. I like it. You know, it's just funny when people like completely mispronounce it. And it's
1: like, <laughs> that's kind that. of I know a like lot of that people that sure. wish my last name was quiet. <laughs>
0: yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. But, um, First off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, giving us time to sit here and chat. I'm really excited to get to know a little bit more about you, your new album, you know, like all that fun stuff. Um, So before we jump into all the new stuff you got going on, the new album, I know you have a long storied career in the music business, but can you kind of give us a brief overview of what got you into music?
1: Well, I, I was born Garth Brooks, and then I changed my name. Just, just kidding. <laughs> Garth is all that. was like the first tour I was ever on. Uh, and I grew up in a small town in, in South, in the south, a uh, little mm-hmm. town called Butler, Alabama. But Holidays, uh, just about any night, you would come around my grandmother's back porch, my grandma and grandpa. And there was always flat-top guitars, steel guitars. Yeah. It was always music. My grandmother had her own radio show on WPRN. She broadcast right up until she was almost 90. Oh, so, wow. yeah, so she's an amazing lady. She's, she's, in, she's in heaven now, but I love her. I love her interest to in heaven story. She she went to sleep in her easy chair holding her Martin guitar. Nice. <laughs> That's true. Really- yes, and she, uh, I said, well, I'd like to go out that way if possible, but um, she was precious, man. But music was always a part of everything in our house, uh, from holidays just to sitting around picking, writing, country bluegrass gospel songs. So it was a natural progression for me. Now, I will tell you that uh, I love my job and, and I love singing and producing, and, but there's some singers in my family that kick my butt. There's some yeah. amazing singers. <laughs> I think I was just the only one crazy enough to go for it. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, that, that's always the interesting thing is like we go out to some of these like bluegrass festivals and that you'll, we'll walk into like a pick and circle where it's just like people that aren't even on the show but they're just like moms and dads and yeah. people from everyday life and they're like some of the most amazing musicians i've ever heard and it's like yeah. yo why aren't you trying to make a run at this or trying to catch a record deal or you know like whatever well, it is and they're like well i like being a mom or i like being a dad or i like being a fireman or i like you know like whatever
1: my family would say but. that uh, People ask me who my musical heroes are. I've got some that are famous, but yeah. most of my musical heroes are, are my grandmother and my mom and and my Aunt Benny and my Aunt Lily. Just give memories of them just standing at the kitchen sink singing just harmony. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing. So I am I miss those days, man. But, you know, life moves on, and uh, both of those ladies are, are gone now, but uh, they, they sure live in me, that's for sure. It's yeah. just part of my foundation. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And, you know... I think it's really interesting the 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 differ or the different backstories that we get because you know we got several musicians that come in that have no musical background like their their family wasn't musical at all and then you got some that'll come in and their families it was music everywhere. Um, so from a little kid as you were starting to explore into music, who were some of the who are some of the people you were listening to musically that wow. you started well, drawing influence from?
1: I grew up heavily in the church, mm-hmm. and uh, we really weren't allowed to listen to a lot of secular music until you know, one day I found my father's stack of 45 records up in, yep. up in the attic, I might add, and they were Cowboy Copas, Connie Smith, uh, the Statler Brothers, um, Susan Ray, just a lot of artists that, that people probably wouldn't recognize today, but they were extremely, he had great taste in, in, in music. And, mm-hmm. and looking back, my father, excuse me, my father, um, he taught me how to, how to listen to music. Mm-hmm. That's really important if, you, if you're going to be an artist out there. And my mom also carried my father died. My my mom kind of stepped into that role. I remember I had a song called man holding on to a woman letting go. It was it was a big hit record for me. But in the 90s, like I write a lot of my stuff today. Yeah, I didn't write any of that stuff because um, the record labels would go out to publishing houses and I would come home off the road. And they would give me boxes of, um, of CDs yeah. to listen. And so my time at home, I, I would just listen to music and, and hopefully, I liked the song.
2: But
1: yeah, I wasn't listening with the right ears. And one day my mom was at I was home, my mom was in cleaning my kitchen. Yes, my mom was doing that. I clean it myself now. Um, and I, I played a verse in the chorus of that song, and I just moved on. Mm-hmm. And I hear my mom. My mom's never called me a name in her life, but she's from the kitchen. I hear her go, "You're an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why? Why'd you say that?" She said, "You need to listen to that song again." She said, "That's everybody's story." Because mm-hmm. I'm standing here thinking about my grandparents and my husband, and just. She said, I was on a journey and you turned it off. And I was like, wow, mom. So I listened to it again. And that day I I really learned to put my story into the songs that I'm listening to. How do I relate? If I haven't lived it, then in some way,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm probably not going to record it. And I started that day listening to music differently. But I Mm -hmm. I have to credit my dad for the initial listen because I was listening to some pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So you would you is it fair to say that initially you were listening for what the song is as it sits instead of listening to what the song what the song is like does that make sense?
1: I wasn't listening to the meat and potatoes: yeah, the I, I was listening to just the melody and about nine times out of ten people will sing you a melody before they 'll know the words
0: yeah. so so, so you were, you were listening to it on the surface, but you weren't
1: listening. Yes, I was not hearing it. I I wasn't ice fishing. I needed to to really get down in the middle of it, but yeah, because a brilliant song, you would anybody would think I could have written that. You know, a brilliant song is just it's comfortable. Yeah, and I I kind of try to write that way today. And I probably have a very important album coming. Um, Was was supposed to be this year, but um, COVID, we pull some songs and stitch some things together and. Did the did the christmas album this year instead
2: mm-hmm.
1: and those songs that album is, is its 20th birthday it's 20 years old
2: mm-hmm.
1: and only 245 copies of it were sold um back in when i released it because i was no longer on the sony label after yeah. seven years yeah so i did it independently probably one of the first guys to do the independent thing
0: yeah
1: and sorry shaking the desk there oh you're good and <laughs> It was a labor of love, I paid for it myself and um, called a bunch of friends in to, to sing on it. And the songs, I've been asked is how'd you pick the songs? Um, at the Calvary Baptist Church in Butler, Alabama, my grandmother did a Christmas cantata every year mm-hmm. and it never changed. They never put a new song in, it was just always the same thing over and over. So I I just took a bunch of those songs and, and sang them. I kind of created them the way I wish they were, the way I wish that, the way I wanted my grandma to sing it. I'm like, do it this way, grandma. You know, like, I can't get those people to change their minds. But that was the idea. And I put only one secular song on it. It was Rudolph because I had a, I was, I had a nephew on the way. Mm-hmm. He is, well, he's he's almost twenty. <laughs> so um, that Christmas album was a real gift to me that's why we called it regifted. gifted mm-hmm. it was a real gift to me at a time because I was so sad and depressed like a lot of the artists here in town because we had put five years of planning into this This what would have been this summer from
2: mm-hmm.
1: the largest tour dates and, and documentary the, the book deal just, just so much stuff and I just kind of lost my mind for a minute because it was like who wants to start over you know mm-hmm. and I was really selfishly thinking at that point, just thinking about my people, my mm-hmm. company. Um, but after talking to a lot of our friends, we were all doing the same thing. We were really pissed off. And <laughs> it okay. just, just that, to to just walk in there and take your life and put it in another toilet and flush it. Because as an artist, people would say, well, that's not your life. I'm like, it is over one half of my life. Yeah. It, is, it is, I can't live without it. It's who I am. It's a part of my DNA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's like Juanita said it best. It's like, "Just cut off my right arm, cut off my left leg. Expect me to go out there on the stage and be owner Yeah, <laughs> yeah. can't okay. play the guitar with me one handed. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me.
2: Oh,
1: um, and then I got really sad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I got really depressed. And then I got really angry, and I was of use, no use to anyone. And if you know anything about me, I'm just, I'm all about." Growing, self-help, and, um, and 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 always trying to find a solution. The solution for me was always to go out on the road, you know, go out on the road, figure it out, write a song about it, go out and tour, take it to the people. Yep. And it, it was like the church was burned down. It was, and to quite, be quite honest, I know now it was just this. I was lost. I was lost without it, and I didn't have the answer. And I'm like my mother. I always like to know the answer. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and I didn't know how to handle it. I know <laughs> I've been down some pretty rough roads in my life yeah. and I've, I've been able to handle some, some yeah, pretty okay. tough things yeah. and, and to start over and to, and to have a great outlook about it, but not this time. Yeah. I, I, I was mad at God I, and I've got, I'm a God guy mm. and he got to see the real brat in me. I'm, I'm afraid, um, or she, whoever you, <laughs> whatever you may call God out there. And I, uh, I went into a really dark place
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my father passed away of some pretty bad depression. And I said at seventeen years old, I said, I, I don't want to ever feel that. I'm gonna always stay positive and, and, and find the answers. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: even with with the addiction and all the stuff that I went through, I never went there. I mm-hmm. never went to a place so dark that 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 I couldn't find myself. And I was curled up in the corner, man. And excuse me a second. No, you're good. I was called up in a corner, and it, t- it it took my mom and two therapists to get me. <laughs> Not just one, but two therapists. Um, but it was it was my mom that kind of, um, hey, I'm, I'm live on the, on air, so, okay. hey. Okay, go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, that door's opening. Either it's the air
1: heater. Hey, the Eddie, I was kidding. You, you can say hi. <laughs> That's the other half, so. Okay. Matt, he never says hello. So that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so so. took his head in at just the right time because between Matt and, and my mom and uh, I, I, one of my therapists uh, when I was in rehab has had retired. She's re- been retired for probably 15 years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I even called her. I'm like, she's, she's like, why did I think you'd be calling me? I said, I don't know, but I'm calling you. And, But to make that phone call, man, I... I you know, it sounds so stupid now, so selfish, because once I got on the other side of it, none of that stuff was gone. It wasn't gone. I wasn't starting over. It, it was just, it was kind of pushed to the side to, for us to fine tune and make it better and bring mm-hmm. it to you whenever we bring it to you. And, um, and, and just, I think probably for me, I have to be of use to someone, you know, mm-hmm. and I have to be of service to myself to do that. And I think we all lose our way. I didn't think I needed to learn any more lessons at this point.
2: Yeah.
1: But, you know, the universe said otherwise. So I've, uh, I've learned that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. And I've learned that I can uh, um, I can produce a TV show. <laughs> I've, I've learned that I can pull an album together and it's 20 years old and, 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 and shine it up, put a new coat of paint on it. And yeah. it sounds like I made it yesterday. Yeah. And didn't have to do that much to it. And it's just... Christine Chenoweth said to me, "She said, she said, I listened to that record. She goes, every time I thought you were gonna go right, you went left." Yeah. And I said, "I know." I said, "I, I wanted those. If there was, a, if there was a, a window to go somewhere different, I did, because I had been, I won't say stuck. I had been doing the same music for six albums mm-hmm. as Sony, and I had some amazing hits, but I wasn't really never allowed to just kind of stretch out and fly and." and uh, and that was an example of that, and it's been nice to know that I wasn't crazy because <laughs> I really was and it was pretty cool that this album's got better reviews than almost anything I've ever done so
2: yeah
1: I was just sitting there so for first the, the song with Kristen is has been brilliant
0: so. yeah so so since you brought it up let's talk about um Orphans of God which is a duet that you did with a uh, Christian Channel with um so how, first, or I guess the first question is, uh, w- what was it about working with, or that made you want, or not made you, that you decided to work with uh, Kristen on this song?
1: Well, you know, I've met Kristen, uh, we'd run some of the same paths over mm-hmm. the years, because she worked at the theme park mm-hmm. when she was young, like I did. We worked at the same theme park, but we didn't know each other back then. Um, but I actually met her through uh, country artist Shelly Wright, who's been my mentor through all of my process. And I was in New York getting ready to uh, have the initial meetings where I was going to sit down with people um, in entertainment tonight and, and become authentic and tell my story. And uh, so Kristen entered my life really at that time. I went to see her do an Aurea. i
2: mm-hmm.
1: would uh, never heard anyone do that before. But she's got a limitless range. and To hear that that little bitty girl and that huge voice come out of her is just I was in love, you know, and I met her backstage, and she uh, was so gracious and gave me a great big hug, and um, that Oklahoma accent came out. She goes, but Ty Herndon, I know your songs. And I was like, well, I know your songs. <laughs> um, and probably almost a year went by, and my guitar player shows up. Well, of course he showed up. He was my guitar player.
2: Yeah.
1: We were doing a show in Oklahoma, and he, he came on the tour bus, and he said, Okay, he goes. I, this is a weird request, but I need some extra security tonight. I'm dating this girl, and she's she's really famous. And my initial thought was, "Are you dating Britney Spears? What's going on?" <laughs> you <know? laughs> Sorry, Kristen. Um, no, he said he goes, I'm, I met Kristen Chenoweth at a family wedding, and we've been seeing each other for a good while now. <laughs> I just, I just fell to the floor. I was like, "That is amazing." So. We got her some extra security. She didn't need it. I mean, she went right up, sat right down in the middle of the crowd and yeah. just singing along with everybody. That's just who she is, so. Um, and we, but well, she kind of came into our family and we became family and friends, so. I think anytime you got a great singer like that and, and your buddies, it's natural progression to want to do something together, so. I thought it would be maybe 2021, you know, uh, when something special came along and boy did something special come along.
0: Yeah, it really did. It, it's a really good song. And like the duet between the two of you, it, it was perfect. Like it, it was. Really good. You. Um, so you mentioned, mag- what's that?
1: It was magical.
0: <laughs> so you'd mentioned, so like the whole album is Christmas songs and it was stuff that you had done previously correct like it was an an old album that you just kind of reworked was orphans of god originally on that album or is that a completely new track
1: oh yeah orphans of god wasn't even written back then it was it was it was well not far long after that it's it's about 17 years old okay interestingly enough uh one of the writers joel lindsey uh is a dear friend of mine and he wrote a song with me that got me my first dove award and my first grammy nomination um and so it's it's so crazy that that we were just talking about this the other day i, I loved that song when a, a, there's a group called avalon a huge contemporary christian group and i, I loved love them I, that's because i'm re- listening
2: mm-hmm. to
1: the music and they were really cool and i remember orphans of god and testify to love all these really cool songs um you guys will know this fans of music out there. There's always a song or two that sticks with you when you're going through something. You know, it's my two are, are, are Orphans of God and, and I Can't Make You Love Me, Bonnie Raitt. There's there's songs that that you use to heal over something, and um, I always wanted to record it. The last two albums I tried to record it, but it didn't fit. It just kind of stuck out because it's it's a it's a it's a God universe song. Um, and so. My records tell a story, so it just it didn't fit into the story, particular song. So, um, this Christmas album needed one more song because, because I said so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, we're like, okay, what what other song? Because so I've cut a few odd Christmas songs over the years, and I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I said, "Orphans of God." It's time for Orphans of God, and I sent Kristen the song. She was familiar and i said i'm going to turn this into a duet and we're going to give the world a hug because the world really needs a hug right yeah. now and we're going to let people know that whether it's god whether it's family whether it's a friend you're not alone um a lot of kids feel like they are out there so um and it's you know it's really not cool to listen to a song about god so we we i, I try to make it a cool song <laughs> because i i, I talked to a lot of kids out there and a couple of them said you made a you made a really cool song tie so I love that it was a, a nice shot in the arm but but I did not know how I was going to turn it into Christian uh, with land because mm-hmm. I knew that I knew that she had a range like no one else mm-hmm. and so my my producer and I were sitting around talking listened to a bunch of her music and said okay. It's funny It's funny now because I never ever called her to ask her what key she wanted to sing the song in. I just picked one for her and without even thinking because we got so excited about the arrangement. So uh, I do the first version and chorus and this, uh, my producer came up with this extremely cool modula- modulation. You almost don't think, you almost don't know that it modulates. She just slides right in there with her verse and she takes off. And I, I got to produce work with her on her vocal, which was really cool to do. And getting that kind of sultry pop, soulful vocal out of her was yeah. was like it was it was easy. I mean she she's brilliant. But and then to have her on that on that third modulation, now here's the trick: people think it modulates, but it doesn't. It's like what happens is there's such a lift there. Um, and she goes into her mezzo soprano. So it's a completely different voice. And then we took Michael Passons from Avalon mm-hmm. and Melissa Green, original members of Avalon. And at that last chorus, they come in with her. It's first time you hear any background vocals and they sound like a choir.
2: Yeah.
1: and It's just two, it's the three voices. And I was supposed to be singing with Kristen look at it right there, but as a producer, I wasn't going to touch that moment. It was, it just went, and I just sat back and, when it was time for me to sing again, I came in, but, um, <laughs> she, I she, but she just goes there. And
0: What's what's interesting about what you just said is that, like, I mean, being the uh, being a producer that you're also performing on the song, you could have very very easily said, no, this part needs me in there, but you were aware enough to say, nope, this doesn't need me. I- I'm going to step back and let it be as it sits.
1: When something is special and you know it, when something yeah. is... Is, is hit your ears like that is right mm-hmm. um, I've, I've learned not to mess with it and <laughs> and uh, and you know what made it even more special because she i want to say this um you know, michael uh was asked to leave the group um uh, right at the height of his success and he was one of the founding members of it because of his sexuality some rumors about it and he was just recently able to tell his story um, that that happened so and he he this would have been their next single um, after that happened
2: mm-hmm. so
1: he's healed he's wonderful they're all as far as i know good um but michael i i was really hesitant to ask him i was like would you single testify to love because you should have been singing on it in the first place yeah. and he did he came in with melissa and so it was also a moment for him um I don't know that he would say that, but I, I felt it for him.
2: Yeah. It
1: was it was a moment that um there was just so much going on in that moment, it just took it just took flight. That's all there's to it. And I'm happy to have witnessed it. But Michael's journey is has been a long and difficult one. I've had a long and difficult journey with, with some things. And when those moments of healing happen, um and you can put it away, let it go, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what healing is it's gone you know i'll look back on that and now you have a fond memory um, and now i know because I, i'm really spiritual an american indian kind of thing but um, now i know why I, it never worked before it there was it was a really special song and it had a special moment And a lot of people would say that's that's crazy you could have done it before but maybe it is but for me um it found its moment and I'm so glad I didn't cut it before because Kristen, Michael, Melissa, and the amazing Paul Cardall. Yeah, I met Paul um, through working with another organization in Utah, Encircle, uh, and we wrote a song together called "That Some Kind of Wonderful." That will be on his album coming in the new year, and and I have uh, uh, when he asked me to sing on his record, I was. I was in the middle of all that anger,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and I, did, I said yes, but bless bless his heart, I delayed his album by five weeks because I had a disconnect yeah. going on. I, this you
0: weren't, you weren't ready. You wanted to be involved, but
1: you weren't. I was not capable. Yeah, and it scared me because that's never happened to me before. That the heart and the voice and the brain were not connected. Mm-hmm. And. When that happened, I tried to sing it and it was so small. It was as small as I felt. It was, there was nothing behind it. And I got really upset. I was like, wow, what if this doesn't come back? Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do then? And I've heard that that happens. And my therapist, I thought she was gonna hit me over the head with the chair. She goes, can we just not go there? Right now, She, she's like, you got enough going on. Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> so orphans of god did it i mean i i managed over a course of about four weeks to to put a vocal together for paul's record and as it turns out he loved it um it doesn't usually take me that long to to piece you know a a song together so i said paul can i go back and sing that now he goes nope that's the story, and it's it's a good story. So yep. I said, okay.
0: We definitely weren't going to forget to mention Paul because he plays yeah. uh, piano on the song. Yeah, yeah
1: he's a concert pianist. Um, it, it, he, he sells a lot of records out there. People love him. And yeah. I, I always say, gosh, you've got how many albums? Like nine or ten, and you don't have any words? I <laughs> like, I need melodies. So we. I mean, we're gonna try to do a record at some point. Thanks. Some kind of wonderful was just something he wrote for the piano, no. and um, we wrote it for um, for the LGBTQ kids who are who are uh, losing their lives,
2: and mm-hmm.
1: in the state of Utah and around it's 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 really heavy. Um, so we wanted them to know it's it's almost a Disney song I said Paul but we've written a Disney song the kids are probably not gonna like it (laughs) he's like nope they'll like it so um it turned out really cool orphans of God the voice was still small I was I was like how am I gonna tell Kristen Chenna with that that I've got to cancel this because I wasn't gonna do it and have it be like that Mm -hmm. and so I went in five times to try and say, Orphan to God, I didn't want to give up. And I was getting more discouraged and more discouraged. And we were at the final hour. I mean, we were at the at the goalpost yeah. at this point. And Eric, my producer, was like, man, what are we going to do? He goes, I, I hear it. I said, I know. Um, so I called my engineer and I said, it was a Sunday. I said, I'm going to come in today. I said, I need 10 hours.
0: Yeah.
1: He goes, 10 hours. I said, 10 hours. I said, I have, I have to record one song and I need 10 hours. Yeah. He said, okay. Um, A Sunday morning, something to be said about a Sunday morning. Um, I I went in, you know, I, did some meditation and some prayer. I was like, man, this is, this is, this is my gift. You, you gave this to me. And if I'm done, I'm done, but I hope not. And I think I grew up singing this kind of song. Mm-hmm. This is the song of my youth. The melody, the words. Um, and oh, by the way, Joel Lindsay went and wrote some beautiful new words, especially Kristen's verse, just to kind of bring the song into the world today. So it, it really did become ours at that point. And um. Man, I mean, you know, I do believe in miracles. I do. Um, I've seen a few. But I walked up to the microphone, because Steve has done four records with me. He knows all the settings. Everything was ready to go. It was back. I sang I sang the first verse, and I, I just went like this. Keep going. I sang it through, and I, I finished it, and I said, Steve, start it again now. Um, what you hear on the record? Mm-hmm. I ninety nine percent sang that second time.
0: Nice,
1: and that's never happened to me before. And was it? I call, I call it the Leanne rhymes because she's Miss Miss One Take Wonder. Yeah. But um I said, "These team goes." Well, what are you going to do with these other nine hours? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna. I was actually gonna. That was gonna be the next question. You had the studio booked for ten hours, and yeah. it seems like you knocked it out on the first, like first and second run.
1: Hey. Believe in your miracles because you you can get them. But I, I, I was shocked. I just kind of think it was. I remembered. Mm-hmm. I remembered. This is who I am. This is, this is who you've always been. And I know at some point, I kind of pushed away from that because, um, I think we were I think we were starting to get into a time that, that people don't want to talk about spirituality. They don't want to talk about. You know, their beliefs and because we get in arguments about it and mm-hmm. so as a family I've never understood we don't all have to believe the same but mm-hmm. as long as we land in a good place and we don't judge people for whatever their journey is and I get to talk to a lot of kids out there and a lot of parents and you know it just comes back to love and you brought this kid into the world your only job is to love this kid and to hear a dad say that when their kid is gone, they killed themselves, and you know they've been thrown out of their home, out of the church, out of their community, mm-hmm. and to hear a dad say, and I and I've I've learned to be pretty strong. I wait till I get home, then you know fall to pieces. Your yeah. father say, you know what? To have him back, I would have bought him a dress, and I would have let him wear it. And you know that's 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 some big stuff, um, but it takes. Straight allies. I know that's not what this interview is about, um, but but it takes really strong people just to step up and say nothing that you can do is worth you dying, and we all have to keep changing. We we, we evolve and change our whole lives,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when you grow, <laughs> something changes inside of you. It, it it it's what it's about, and so I get I get sometimes frustrated with people that gets, that are stuck. That's what I call it. My grandma used to say, you're not going to change her mind. She's stuck. (laughs) So I've seen some mighty stuck people change their minds. So
0: So to, to kind of segue, how have you used your music to kind of come to terms with who you are as a human being and to kind of process like what would be considered, like how have you used your music to kind of, come to terms? Or how has your music helped you come to terms with who you are?
1: I've been telling people who I am a long time in music. You just, if you listen, there's, there are little hints all over the place in records. Mm -hmm. I had to let it out because I mean, that would have exploded. And at some point I did, you know, I almost left this earth with with a horrible addiction and I didn't, thank God. Mm -hmm. And, um, Music has been everything to me. It's my healer. So right back to the pandemic, once again, taking this part of my God and it's a part of my faith. Um, I've had that when I had nothing else. So all these, on all cylinders, this thing was hitting me. I was like, this is going, and, you know, and then also watching my neighbors, I've got a lot of, we had a horrible tornado you know, a yeah. week before all this came down. And yep. I remember yeah those neighborhoods are still down and um, we were actually
0: in Nashville the end of January and we had just recorded we'd done a bunch of acoustic recordings with a bunch of Nashville artists and as we were getting ready to release some of those uh, recordings some of the videos the tornado hit and I reached out to everyone we worked with I was like hey this is what I want to do and like um, I work for a TV station and the company that owns us, we have a station out in Nashville oh, cool. and they sent out this thing saying, Hey, if anybody can help donate, this is a reputable place. And so I took that information and um, we put a compilation album together of Nashville oh, cool.
1: artists. You did music. All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, like, like I'm not a musician. I can't play a note. I can't carry it. it to a or but you know, it just taking stuff that we've done and use that to help one of our cities that we go to pretty, or we have, we did go to pretty regularly.
1: And it's it's not it's 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 not it's not great here. That's not great a lot of places, but it's like it's, it's a little bit of a ghost town. I'm, I know that people are kind of figuring it out right now. I mean, I, we're, you got to figure it out on your own because I can go to my neighbor's house and their house is for sale sitting and, and you know, talk and say, you know, you'll rebuild. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to rebuild. Mm-hmm. It's what we got to do uh, And the landscape may look a lot different once mm-hmm. we get back. I know we need to get back to touring because that's, you know, that's livelihood. The music, the people need, need it. We need it. And, you know, financially we, you know, we need to make our car payments and our house payments. And yeah. How's a, uh... there's a, there's a, uh, I think people believe out there like my mother's hilarious mother. she goes I googled how much you're worth the other day evidently you're worth like 12 million dollars <laughs> where is it? I'm like I don't know let's go dig in the yard see if we can or, find do, it
0: do they know something I don't know? right, right.
1: <laughs> I always tell the fans you know that's that is it takes so much money for a record label to launch a career it takes so much money to keep an artist on the road yeah. it takes it is a, it is an ungodly amount of money And I mean, when I was on Sony, it would pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars to fly to 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 Napa Valley for a photo shoot. You know, today got a great camera. We do it in the garage. You know, that's
0: (laughs) yeah. It's just kind of how it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but um, when you put it back in, that's just all there's to it. And we and this is the other crazy part. One month into it. I mean, I've never bought a brand new vehicle in my life. You know, like my dad, you buy a great used car, and a used truck. And so, I get up one morning, my truck's gone, right out from in front of my house. And and I I was not done with being pissed off yet. So, I, I've never gone online and, and did a kind of a rant and rave thing.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I did, and I just I was like, people do kicking better. This is ridiculous. That's my truck. i like it back. And. Guess what? It came back. Um, Oprah says never get attached to your cars. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say anything about trucks, so.
0: Well, trucks are, like, hella expensive, too. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, I need two days to pay for it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now I gotta hand it to folks like Ford Motor Credit and those guys, you know, they they did three and four month extensions for folks. And that was, we saw the human spirit in this. Come on human spirit like i've never seen it i want it to stay around because it's so it's it's well, i was i said the other day as we write more songs for this record it's not going to be about the pandemic it's not going to be about all that it's going to be about the human spirit it's going to be about what we saw that has changed and hope that change stays um we need to get back to work I,
0: been... I, I think a lot of the music we're going to see coming out of this thing Will not it like I mean, I'm sure there will be some people that write specifically about the pandemic, I'm sure that that's coming, but it's going to be about a lot of what they were feeling and what they saw during this time, and you know, just like people coming together and you know, just the human spirit, like you'd mentioned. I, I think that's going to be a big thing for a
1: great story. We, we were, Matt and I were walking, because we live in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, we were walking around. We just wanted to walk down through the rubble and um, we heard music, loud music. We walked around to where the restaurants are. Yeah. Well, the restaurants decided to just hold a block party. Yeah. They were given free food, hot dogs and pizza. And, and people were just out rejoicing for their lives. Yeah. There, weren't, there weren't as many lives lost as there could have been. Yeah. And, and I were like, gosh, we need to get to know some of these people because we get so involved in our, in our own world sometimes you don't even know who your neighbor is yeah so um that was another thing for me i'm gonna you know i'm gonna say hi yeah absolutely i'm a very social guy so but i just we get i gotta go to grocery store i got two days home you know okay hey hey how are you
0: yeah
1: that's that's not doing that anymore no
0: yeah i think there's a lot of people that are going to stop taking for granted some of the stuff or a lot of the stuff that they do on a daily basis because this okay. has been a very strong reminder and wake-up call yeah. that at any moment it could all go away
1: absolutely so and, and will yep <laughs> i have, i also was um we had a, a different house down in an area called the gulch in nashville okay. different uh we were in, i was in between we were renovating and long story that uh, but it was in the place for a year, and uh, I couldn't. I couldn't stay. I couldn't stay well. I've always been healthy. I was a six mile runner. I'd go for a run. I'd barely make it a mile. I thought, what's wrong with me? I kept going to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. So then the pandemic, this this COVID nineteen hit. I'm like, that's it. I was the first one to have it, obviously, and it wasn't that? And we moved, took down some drapes. Yep. And- and, and there was black mold a whole wall was covered yeah we didn't know it was there and that kept me it's taken almost a year to recover from that oh uh, wow yeah and uh so i was extra cautious being out there uh, my doctor said stay home <laughs> yeah. so i did
0: yeah uh, absolutely wow yeah black molds nothing to mess with i, I remember when i was a younger kid I used to work at a bowling alley, and we were clearing out the back, like where the pin decks are, like, uh, where we keep, like, all those old pins. And we were moving boxes out, and there was a bunch of black mold where we had a water leak come in. Yeah. And, like, it it was such a serious situation that the owner shut down the alley for a bit and sent us all to the hospital. It was like...
1: It's not good. It really is not. It just had fevers and chills and, and, uh, I'm, this, this is still not recovered, you know, just yeah. probably got have a, a sinus surgery. Hope I can still sing. <laughs> but, but, um, all that said, man, I'm blessed. Uh, it's just a thing. And I, I could go get, pick up that guitar and, and write any song I want to write. And I can sing any song I want to sing. I just want to be able to sing it for somebody, but thank goodness for the internet shows. Um, I thought that was going to be really weird, but, um, we did a, quite a few of them, and starting um, right after Christmas, we're going to do another five weeks. Um, we're going to do stories of people about hope,
2: nice.
1: orphans of God. Orphans of God will be the name of the series, and we're going to we're going to talk to people. We're going to do music, and we're just we're going to do the Sunny and Share show. We're going we're going to make it super fun. Nice. And, if awesome. we did the concert for love and acceptance, I put on a producer hat. I didn't know I could do that. And uh, we, we did probably, we rivaled the award shows. It was, it was a beautiful show. Yeah. I, and,
0: that That's one of the things that the, this pandemic has kind of forced people to do think outside the box. And, and it's funny, you brought up like the Sonny and Cher show, which is kind of like revisiting days gone past. Cause it's, I was watching that this is going to be a very weird reference. I was watching uh Dewey Cox the movie, <laughs> yes. and where he did his uh, Sonny and Cher. Like I, I was specifically watching for that part where he was doing his Sonny and Cher, like rip off variety show. And I was like, how come we don't have these variety shows anymore?
1: We were just watching the Mandrell sisters, Barbara Mandrell, the other night. Yeah. My friends were like, they had a TV show. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah they were, it was amazing. Sonny and Cher, Donny and Marie. You know, those are, yeah. Those are a great shows. So who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll come back. So I should have got Matt to send you some share. He does a good invitation. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: but um, I want to be respectful of your time because I know you got dinner waiting on you. So I want to end with one very important question. Since sure. it is the Christmas season and hopes are high, everybody's feeling good, what is your favorite Christmas memory from growing up? Wow.
1: Uh, or
0: tradition or, you know, like, however you want to answer it.
1: Well, always music. Music, because okay. it just, it doesn't get any better than, than those songs being hung, sung in 30-part harmony in the back your yeah. backyard. But um, the fire barrel, we always had a huge fire barrel and, and gathered around that. It was cold. Yeah. And we would sing around that. But my favorite Christmas memory is my dad, because, you know, I lost him at a young age. But uh, And so kids out there, if there are any kids listening, Santa would have to come early at our house, <clears throat> excuse me, because we'd have to drive eight hours to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. And we weren't sure that, that Santa would know how to get to grandma's house because it was back in the woods. Yeah. So so, dad was helping Santa try to be all sneaky about it. And he didn't know we'd figured it out that Santa had come two weeks early, but dad had to keep it a secret. Yeah. And so we would sneak around and watch, watch dad put Santa in the back of the truck and yeah. take it down to grandma's for 15 years. He did that. So I want to thank Santa for coming early. And I want to thank my dad for being so patient and for always making Christmas really quite wonderful. But that's one of my favorite memories. He wouldn't let anybody help him. He was, this was a very serious thing for him. So, yeah. Yeah, so we went from, we were, we were not rich. We were, we were somewhat poor, but my father ended up, being the vice president of champion international paper mill. And, you know, we, I always like to say, we went from oranges to trampolines. So it was, it was super cool. I got a motorcycle one year and how he's, I didn't see him put that in the truck. I don't know how he got that there. It was Santa.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but once again, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Where can everybody find you online? Where can they find your music? You know, all, all the important stuff.
1: TyHerndon.com. We, we we pay a lot of money for that website and you, you can almost fry an egg on it oh yeah. to, uh, starting tomorrow we, we are I'm gonna do a little commercial here we we're, we're doing the CD coffee mug and autograph picture for45 dollars you get it order it and you'll get it you'll get it before Christmas so awesome
0: have you thought about or are you looking at doing any vinyl pressing for this album or
1: have to yeah we just brought up a staff meeting two days ago nice. have to we've got it out it's this, this little this little album's a miracle i can't, I can't even believe it's gotten the legs that it has so it's just awesome thanks yeah. you guys for
0: that absolutely show. absolutely once again thank you so much for joining us. it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and you know just hear the ins and outs of this album and the trials and tribulations of everything that you've gone through to just get to this point so I'm really grateful and I really appreciate your time thank Same you everybody. Also, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later.
1: Peace. Merry Christmas. All right. We are good.